Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, I love it when I see all these men and women talking, and now they get to sit down and learn, and then we get to praise the Lord, and then you get to talk some more with some food in your hands and some something to drink. So we're excited about tonight. We're excited about the people that are from out of town. There's nothing that Bob and I always loved was people to come and visit us. And uh, Tim and Lori and I just got back from North Carolina to sh from She Speaks. And we proclaimed uh, with the ministry to 800 women. And we're just thrilled to get, that we were able to do and to have a table there and to share that God does heal hurting and dead marriages. So anyway, we're thrilled about it. Psalm 107, I'm going to open up with, and it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the, the redeemed of the Lord say this, though he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south, and some wandered in desert wasteland, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord. There's your first hint. Then they cried out to the Lord. That is what we all need to do in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. And when I read that, I just said, that's what I need to say to you. Regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of the trouble you're facing today, tomorrow, or next week, cry out to the Lord. There is nothing greater that you can do is to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, and then he delivered them from their distress. He delivered them from their troubles and problems. And we have got to believe and believe the Lord's going to do that. Then he led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. He gave them instructions. He led them. He let, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. And I'm going to ask you, are you thanking the Lord? Are you praising the Lord? Are you giving him thanks in all circumstances? Because that is what we need to do. We need to praise the Lord no matter what's going on. Because the Lord says, praise me in the morning, noon, and night in all circumstances. So let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the word of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor they stumbled, and there was no one there to help them. But then, but then, after they did all that, they cried to the Lord. And that is the good news. That is the good news because regardless of what your spouse is, regardless of what's going on, 
we've got to believe that they're going to cry, regardless all what they did wrong, they're going to cry out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress because God is faithful. God is faithful. Never, never doubt that he is faithful. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down the gates of bronze and he cuts through the bars of iron. And I'm just going to stop there, but read all of Psalm 107. Because he says that we need to praise him and we need to worship him, but we need to cry out to the Lord and then he delivers them from their distress. And that is what I want you to have hope for tonight. I want you to believe without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is going to deliver you and your spouse and your children who may be in rebellion or may be on drugs or alcohol or anything else. They can be set free. There is nothing Nothing is too hard for God. And we just want you to understand that. So we just give you all, give God the praise and glory. But we just wanted to start and let's pray and then we're going to worship the King of Kings. Lord, we thank you for this scripture. We thank you for giving thanks to you. And we just praise you that we, regardless of anybody's situation tonight, regardless of any of the circumstances, regardless of the time the person, what they've done, anything. It doesn't matter because with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing's too hard for God. So Lord, we just ask that you will just touch and increase these men and women to become mighty warriors, prayer warriors, mighty warriors to rebuild their marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Lord, I know that there are trials and tribulations that none of us want to go through, but you have a way of purifying us as we go through things. And we have come to know you, most everyone, Lord, in this room, starting with me, would say, I would never go back to where I was before this happened to me because I am a different woman. And Lord, I don't want to be where I was. I want to be to know you and know that relationship, have that personal relationship, know who you are and, and believe in your mighty power and, and have the word come alive. And Lord, we're just praying that that is what every one of these men and women, even the ones that are listening across the United States and around the world, and we just praise you for that. And we just ask that you would be with them and may they feel that they're right here with us. And we thank you for that. And we just ask that you would touch any and all people who have an urgent prayer need. Lord, touch them, help them, meet their emotional, physical, spiritual, financial needs, Father. You are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You created it all, and you own everything. So, Lord, meet these dear people's needs, but may they seek your face. May they pray and say what their needs are, what they ask May you ask for help from the Lord and show him and tell him about it and let, let listen to him. 
Listen to your heavenly Father and talk to him all the time. Lord, we just ask that you will just be with every dear stander, every man, every woman, and we just want to give praise for all the men that are here because that was Bob's love, and we just praise you that the men are not giving up on their wife and they're not going to give up on their children and they're going to pray for salvation and and they may have made a mistake or may they may have made no mistakes but i know that they're both husband and wife made mistakes because we all made mistakes in our marriage that we should have known if we just had only known but lord we just ask that you would forgive us for our lack of knowledge forgive us of our sins and lord we just ask that you will fill us up to overflowing tonight with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want you to be the teacher. I want you to touch, you to change hearts and lives, and only you can do that. We're asking you to cleanse this room from any and all things that's not of you, but we ask that you just fill us up with the Holy Spirit. We ask that you would go to every seat and touch and speak to everyone about different things and different subjects and different, um, different urgings that you're going to speak to them, wooings or even correction or even praising them or encouraging them. Lord, I just pray you will be with everyone because you're the only one that can meet all their needs and we'll just give you the praise. We thank you for our staff here. We thank you for all the ones that you brought in and are continuing to bring in. And we ask that you would get the ones that aren't uh, procrastinating right this very moment. We ask them to push them off the couch and get them here. And we just praise you and thank you. And we just love you. We worship you and we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, praise the Lord. Well, we're excited to have you. We're excited. We have so many people from visiting us again. And we have a gentleman right over there that I got to speak to first. And he's from Maryland. He drove down, and he's driving back up tonight. So, man, you have to run to him to catch him because he's not going to spend the night with us. So, anyway, I just want you to know that we're thrilled to have people that just do that. We went to North Carolina, and I met the guy that went and drove from uh, RV from down to here, and then he met us out in California when we went to California in an RV. So you know people do crazy things. They just get in their car and go, go where they want to go, you know? So we're thrilled about that. We love you all coming. We appreciate you coming, and uh, we appreciate... I can't believe it's August. Okay, is everybody with me? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm ready for June. I just can't believe it. So anyway, we're thrilled to have that. Let's stand up. Let's sing two songs, Mighty to Save and The Great I Am. And remember, listen and sing the words for, to the Lord, but let the Lord speak to you about these powerful two songs. i 
is alive I wanna hear voices of angels above Singing as one Hallelujah Holy, holy God Almighty Great I am Who is worthy None beside
Welcome to Rejoice Pompano. I'm Lori, Bob and Charlene's daughter. For those of you that I've not had the opportunity to meet, and we want to welcome those that are watching by Periscope. Do you guys know what Periscope is yet? Wave at me if you do. All right, you guys are connected. No. <laughs> Periscope is an app where you can live broadcast. And so people want to come to Florida, and some people get in their car and drive to Florida, but some people can't do that. So anyhow, they get to join us tonight on and off through Periscope. So through technology, they get to be here. Well, I'm glad that you all made it a point to get here. Today in our staff devotions, we were praying for you. We were praying for those that were going to have the hard day and late days at work and traffic struggles and babysitter struggles and kid struggles and every struggle that will help prevent you from coming. So I'm glad that you defeated all of that and made it a priority to be here. And I know that it's getting ready to snow in this room and we've asked them to turn it warmer. So anyhow, in a minute, you'll be able to take off a layer of sweaters because it's going to warm up. Um, I want to introduce our staff real quick that's here. For those of you that are new that don't know who they are, I'm Lori, like I said, Bob and Charlene's golden child, the only girl. Woo! <laughs> the girls are the princesses, but I have two brothers. I have an older brother, Tim, who's here running our sound in the back. And he works full-time for the ministry. And my younger brother, Tom, is not here, but he volunteers with the ministry on and off. And we have Brittany, who is hiding behind a column right now, running our Periscope. Brittany is our newest staff member, who's full-time up front here at the office. And Kayla and Madison are roaming around. Madison is at the table. That's one of Tim's daughters. Kayla's in the back at the book table. And Beverly is standing in the back, who you met when you came in for registration. And some of you have probably talked to Beverly on the phone because she spends a great part of her time with us calling people to pray with them. So if you've talked to Beverly, you can now put a face with a name. But that's we're all here to help you. If we can do anything for you, please feel free to come to one of us and let us know. And um, we would be happy to do that. Um, next month, September, we are not going to be meeting on Labor Day. So have a cookout, go to a picnic, just relax at home, but we're not going to have Bible study. We're going to have Bible study on September 14th instead. So I wanted to remind you all of that. We'll send an email out to you, and those of you that are new tonight, we will add you to that email list so you can be reminded not to come the first Monday um, next month, but we're going to do it the second Monday. So September 14th. Also, my mom made mention about our trip to North Carolina. We went actually to Charlotte for a conference that was for writers and speakers that Proverbs 31 put on. Um, while we were there, we had the opportunity to be one of the sponsors of the conference. And we weren't really sure how it would go because it's a conference for writers and speakers. It wasn't anything having to do with the family. But um, we took our stuff and we set up a table and gave out a bunch of free things. Um, one of the things we gave was this new track, which is on the front table, and you all can help yourself to take a stack of these. And it is a track that tells people what marriage restoration is. It tells people quickly what my parents' story is, and it explains how God healed their marriage. And it's written in a way that you can give it to somebody and they can pass it on to a different person if they, you know, it doesn't say, do you have marriage problems? It says, do you know someone with marriage problems? So it's very unoffensive. But this went in the bag of 800 plus women. And they got this. And I'm telling you, everybody that walked by the table said, oh, I already looked at that and read that. So we're praying that God will really use these to get them in the hands of people. And when those women go out to their churches or to their mops groups or to their 
um, ministries where they speak that they would be able to share this information. Um, we were blessed to meet some of our standards that had known us. As many people came by the table and said, oh, I've been getting your devotional for years. So I wanted to share some of the pictures with you. This is Dave. And some of you that have been around for a while might remember Dave. But he um, lived in Margate for many years. And back when we used to meet in the fellowship hall of a church that was around the corner from here, Dave came and was standing for his wife, Marie. And they are restored now 10 years. They've moved to North Carolina. They've moved to North Carolina, and that's their little miracle baby, Ezra, because Ezra was just born despite a lot of medical difficulties that Marie has, and she's had many, many miscarriages, so Ezra is a miracle. They are doing wonderful, and we had the chance to get together with them and um, catch up on them, so they're doing great, and Dave would uh, love to come down here and visit with everybody, so hopefully they'll get to come down and share their testimony. This is the group we had dinner with one night, and you can see some of the men on the far right side, um, Rusty and Jim might look familiar. Those are the men that have already been down here to Florida. So we had a great group that we met with. This is Topi, and Topi came by our table. She was attending the conference, and she said, oh, I've been with Rejoice Ministries for a long time. She is restored back together in the home. God's still building their marriage back. Um, but if you can think of her, pray for her. They just had a fire. They were struck by lightning just a few months ago, and it caused quite a bit of damage to their home. So they're displaced right now. But God has used that opportunity because the Lord has really stepped in and provided housing for them and provided for their needs. And her husband is astonished that strangers, that people that don't know him, are meeting his physical needs right now. So he's really having the opportunity to see God um, working through this situation. And this is Stevie and Ricky. Stevie and Ricky are in the very, very early baby stages of restoration. Stevie wrote her husband a letter a year and a half ago and apologized for her part in the failure of their marriage, and it took him a year and a half to respond. <laughs> that is snail mail. But he responded, and so they came together, and it was a blessing for, for us to be able to talk to both of them and to be able to talk to Ricky, who we probably overwhelmed a little bit. But they are a wonderful, wonderful couple, so keep them in prayer also as they start this stage of working towards restoration together. And I think that's the last picture. Oh, no, one more. This is a sweet mother and daughter, and they are both standing for their marriage. And so while you would think that's horrible and awful that they're going through this together, I really think that God has planned that on purpose because they are such an encouragement to each other. And so they came, and we had a great time visiting with them also. But mom and daughter both standing. Her husband was a pastor, and so he... Um, it's definitely been a different situation. But we had a great time in North Carolina. We're blessed that we were able to go and to meet with them and to meet some new friends that we didn't even know before. So um, just keep those people in prayer if you don't mind. Um, I also wanted to find out who has anniversaries and birthdays this month. It's August. So there's a lot of weddings in the summer, we know. So we'll start up front here. I know we have one special anniversary. So just say your first name and then if it's birthday or anniversary. And your anniversary is tomorrow. So happy anniversary. Okay. Happy birthday. 
39 years on the 7th. Amen. That's Sandy. Okay. Happy birthday. Friday, happy birthday. Okay. 24. Happy anniversary. Great. What a great place to spend your anniversary. Okay, right here. Okay. Wow, you got it all clumped together. <laughs> well, happy birthday and happy anniversary. Okay, this side, is there any birthdays or anniversaries? Second row here. Happy birthday. All right, anybody else? Okay, way in the back. Happy anniversary. All right, did I get, oh, I see one here I missed. Happy birthday. Okay, anybody, did I get everybody? Oh, way in the back. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> okay, well, for your birthday, oh, one more, Renee. Happy birthday. There's a lot of birthdays in August. Well, our gift to you all that have a birthday or anniversary this month is a free item from the bookstore. So before you leave tonight, stop back there and you can pick a CD or a book um, that you think would benefit you. And for the rest of you that have to pay, we've discounted them. So they're only $5, um, but we brought most of our selection. If you see something or know of something that we don't have back there, just let us know and we'll mail it to you tomorrow. Um, I also just wanted to, well, that's it. I have for announcements, actually. I guess that's all. But we're going to do something special right now. We like to take a few minutes and just spend time in prayer because that is the most important thing you can do. Last month, were many of you here for Bible study last month? Yes, and it was a great month, wasn't it? And we had a lot of people that shared testimonies last month. If you didn't get to join us, you need to go on to the website and click on Rejoice Pompano, and you can listen to last month's broadcast. Um, but everybody that shared their testimony talked about the importance of prayer. And it wasn't because of things that we're doing where we're seeing God working. It's because of him that we're seeing things happening. And it's not easy to just step back and let God do things because we want to control things and manipulate things and we want to have our hands in it. But that's when it gets messy. And when we just step back and say, okay, God, you work this out. It's amazing what he can do. I mean, he created the heavens and the earth and we can trust him to take care of our problems. So that is a blessing. But I just wanted to, um, we're going to take a few minutes and just pray together, just in groups of like two or three people. Men, you can find another man to pray with, women with women. Um, if you're here with your spouse and you want to pray with your spouse, that would be great. But we're going to take a couple minutes and just around the room, you don't even have to, you can introduce yourself if it's someone you don't know, but you don't even have to share what your burden is. You can just pray for yourself with that person and they're going to remember you and remember to lift you up in prayer over the course of the next month. So we'll take a few minutes. If you can just find one or two other people to pray with, and we'll pray, and then I'll close in prayer before we sing another song. Nobody's growing old together. We've made it easy just to quit. Love has become a negative percentage 
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time of prayer. God, we thank you for the requests that are being lifted to you right now, Lord. And I thank you for every man and woman that's in this room, for every family that's represented, and for every spouse that's represented in this room, God. We pray that tonight, Lord, that you would um, bless our time together, God. I pray that you would just open our ears to be able to hear what you would have for us. Lord, I pray that the blocks that would come into our mind of worrying about other things and worrying about circumstances and worrying about things that happened during the day today would just be free from our mind, God. And I pray that you would open our hearts to receive the word that you have. Lord, I pray for the spouses that are represented in this room, Lord. And I 
pray that tonight that you would just go after them, God. I pray that you would just convict them of the way they're living and convict them of the spouse and the family that they've walked away from. God, I pray that their sin would no longer be fun and that it would no longer be enticing and that it would no longer be something that they would are tangled up in, God. But I pray that you would just deliver them from it. Lord, I pray that those men and women that are represented here would just feel such a calling after their life for you, God, and they would just have a desire to, to serve you and that you would restore these families. Lord, I pray for the children that are represented by, uh, by the men and women in this room, and I pray that you would protect those children, God. Protect them from what they're witnessing right now and protect them from the things that the world would have to offer them, Lord. As school's preparing to start, I pray for the kids that are school age that you would just protect them from the things that they can be um, encountered with at school, God, and I pray that you would just cover them. Help those kids to be bold, Lord. I pray that you would just send up um, a revival through the schools because of the children that are going through these separations and divorces in their family, Lord. I thank you for coming and dying on the cross, God. I thank you for being the great I am. We don't have to stir things up and worry about things on our own, Lord. We can leave it at the foot of the cross, and you will take care of it, God. And I just pray that you would help each of us leave our burden there at the foot of the cross and not pick it back up, God. During this stand, Lord, I pray that you would conform each person in this room into your likeness. That is our desire, that we would become more like you. And if this is the trial that will make us that way, Lord, then we accept it and we say, bring it and we can go through it. And we know that you have got a bigger purpose, God. And I just pray that at the end of it, that we would see your glory, that you would be glorified through it. God, be with us tonight. May everything that is said and done here be um, glorious to you, Lord. And I pray that you would just um, minister to each person where they are, Lord, and what they need. In your name, amen. Will you stand and we're going to sing a song, Whom Shall I Fear?
That is one thing we, we went on our first date to a concert at Bible Town in Boca Raton. And I'll tell you, it hasn't changed. We, I still love music, and he still loved music. Uh, even at the funeral, the pastor said, now he liked music, because we said this was all his favorites. So anyway, we're just praising the Lord tonight. And Bob would be thrilled to see this new room that we're in. I'll tell you, he'd be thrilled. Tonight we're going to be talking about God wants you to rebuild your marriage. God wants you to rebuild your marriage. My second question is, and a subtitle if I was doing a book, is are you believing the lies of the enemy? Are you believing the lies of the enemy? Now, I ask that because I want to know where are you? Where are you emotionally? Where are you physically? Where are you spiritually? And where are you financially today? Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that have come and that all that are going to be listening. And, Lord, we just ask that you would anoint me, touch me, Put a coal on my tongue, and may you be the teacher, and may the Holy Spirit just come and just put the words in my mouth, and may they not even be on the paper. Lord, we want you to be the teacher, and you are the greatest I am. And we just ask that you would anoint me, but I ask that you would open the standards and the men and women and children and young teens and, and young adults that are here that of all ages, to open their ears to hear your voice, open their heart to receive all the seeds of the word that we're going to plant tonight, that they will grow. And Lord, I pray you will open their eyes that when they read the word of God, that the word will just leap off the page to them. I pray for rhema words that when they read the Bible every day, that they will have just one verse, even if it's just a psalm they're reading, that one verse will just be a special, a special aha moment with the Lord. Oh, Lord, we love you. We worship you. We praise you. But these dear standards need to know that they know that you're with them all the time. You will never leave them or forsake them. 
You will never abandon them. You will always be with them emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially. They need to come to you about their problems. They need to seek your face more than anybody else. Now, we can go to counselors and we can go to pastors, but we need to get on our knees or we need to put you first. And we need to, to do it in the morning, noon, and night. And we need to speak and pray continuously, it says. Be joyful always and pray continually, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we just are praying that you will move the mountains that they're facing this very moment. There are physical needs in this room. There are financial needs in this room. There are emotional needs that we are just broken inside, and we sometimes can't even cry or we can't even stop crying. Lord, but there are also all sorts of spiritual needs, and we need to seek you to get a breakthrough. There is no one else that can do anything greater than you. And we can ask and pray that they read a book or that somebody goes and speaks to them. But, Lord, you are the one that needs to speak to them more than anyone else. We need you to speak to them morning, noon, and night. We need to put Holy Spirit conviction on them. We need to have them turn from their wicked ways, sinful ways. They're, they've fallen into a trap, and they don't see the way out. Or they think the pride is in the way. Or they, they're blinded. They're blinded and deceived. They do not even see what they're doing wrong when they used to go to church. And they were very involved in church. And some of them are mighty men and women of God. Lord, we need you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God to receive forgiveness of sins and be sanctified in faith in you. Lord, that's our prayer tonight. Open their eyes and ears and heart, and may they start moving quickly and suddenly to calling you and, and calling on your name and saying, help me, help me, and you are the one that's the only one that can knock the, the, the sins off of them and break the chains, the bondage. And, and may you remove the shame, remove the guilt. And may they humble themselves with a contrite spirit and a contrite heart. May you have them have compassion and, and grieve for what they've done and run to you, run to you, and then run home to their families. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Run home, Father. Bring them home. Bring them home. We want to rebuild our marriages on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. But we want our spouses saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. And we want them right with the Lord. And if anybody doesn't know the Lord, we want them to come know the Lord Today, tonight, tomorrow, whatever day. But God's timing is perfect. And we have got to, must trust the Lord. We must trust the Lord. We must have faith and hope and trust. And then we have to say, not my will, but your will be done, Father. Lord, your will be done. Pray the Lord's Prayer. That's the best prayer you can start with every day, in the morning or at night, or do it twice a day as I do it. You can do it anytime, but start. Pray the Lord's Prayer and pray it slowly. And we've already talked about that. 
But are you looking at your circumstances? Are you looking at your circumstances? Many people that we hear from are looking at their circumstances. I haven't heard from my wife. I haven't heard from my husband. And it goes on and on. And we need to say, but speak it and look up to the Lord, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And we need to say, Lord, there's a reason. And if it's at me, if I'm not ready, or the house isn't ready, or the kids aren't ready, I want you to tell me what I need to do to rebuild this marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Have I got, am I, am I the one right now? And so tonight, I'm not pointing fingers, but since we're here, I think we ought to say, Lord, what do I need to do to rebuild the marriage? Now, when you go and start to have any work done at your house, it's messy. Even if you go and you paint a bedroom or paint the kids' bedroom, and I've even suggested that this year, that, you know, when you're on vacation and the kids are on vacation and the kids want to do different things, then you know what? Paint a bedroom and decorate it or do something. You know, there's a lot of things. We, Lori even likes painting furniture, you know, and uh, different things. There's different things you can do in different ways. Be creative, but let's start changing some of our things. You know, some of you have had to move. Some of you have had to move into a little area compared to where you were living. Some of you have lost houses. I know there's a lot of pain and suffering, a lot of pain and suffering with separation or divorce. But there are some of you that is, there's victory in this room because you're back together again and you're still here and you're still coming and that is the huge praise. The other point is that there's in-home prodigals and I want to tell you there is no better person to be home is to have your husband home either or wife before they leave and say they're not happy or have them come back and you're starting the process of marriage restoration. Either way, it's awesome. Now, I'm going to talk right now to the ones that say their spouses are leaving or are not happy or the do bedroom door has been closed or whatever way you want to dis discuss it. The intimacy is lacking and hugging and kissing is getting less and less. I'm saying to you guys, you need to pray. If you are that way, if you've got that situation at home, you can be a lighthouse in the darkness that's going on that you will not even imagine if you turn to the Lord, if you turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to do a transformation with me right now, and I want you to speak to me what's going on, what's causing it, and, and if there is anything else going on outside, you can't do it, fix it, but you can sure pray against it, and you can have the Lord on your side. Have you joined God's army? We just talk about that. And I want to make sure that you all have joined God's army because God's army uses weapons. And as we talked about, you need to use your weapons. And the weapons we've talked about many times, but let me just use a few. Let's just mention it. And if I miss any, you all can yell out and remind me. But one is you need to put on the armor of God every day. 
Well, let's mention fasting. I'm not going to say how often or how frequently, but you could fast one meal a week. That would not hurt you. And it would be a lot of good for the Lord to do it. But now that's one of the things you can do. And when I was talking to somebody earlier, there's a weapon that you can use that you don't even know it is, but it's a discipline. It's actually obedience to the Lord. And we write about it, but I, haven't, I don't think I've done it recently. It's tithing. You need to give to your church. And that needs to be given. You need to give 10%. And uh, you're saying to me, I don't even have 10%. I'm short more than 10%. And I'm going to say, just give what you think you can to the Lord and ask him to multiply it out. The Lord knows your needs, but I'm telling you, I did not have the money. I, I turned off the air conditioner in Florida. I've lived here all my uh, 50 years recently. And I want to tell you, I turned off the air conditioner before I stopped tithing. That's how important that I knew it was to tithe. Because I wanted God's blessings and I didn't want to rob God. So that's something you need to consider. Tithing, um, fasting, and the blood of Jesus, the hedge of protection, and the wall of fire. Those are all hedge of thorn bushes. All of those are weapons. And never, never forget the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. The word of God is so powerful. The sword of the Spirit, we, you need to pray the word of God with your spouse's name in it and so forth. So those are just things. But I hope you've joined God's army. And there's many new people here tonight. So that was just a freebie. And all the people that are listening to us. I want to make sure that you've listened to the, and read the word of God enough that you are starting to learn to recognize the Holy Spirit speak to you. It's like the Holy Spirit will say at a stop sign, stop. If you don't stop at a stop sign, you're going to have an accident. And if you're not recognizing the Holy Spirit's voice, you may have an accident by doing, picking up the phone and saying things you shouldn't have said, either on a Twitter or on Facebook or on, on the phone. Is that because the Lord could have said to you, be silent, zip your lips. And we want you to make sure that you just ask the Lord, what should I do? What should I not do? When your husband or wife calls or comes over, may you just get in your best attire and just radiate the Lord. And, and may they see that you are a new creature in Christ. Because I just prayed with somebody and she goes, thank you for changing me first. Thank you for changing me, because I feel changed. And I know that Jessica is here. And Jessica had surgery uh, a few weeks ago, and she's and had six to eight week recovery. And her father just brought her in, and he's from Arizona, and he's not here right now. But anyway, we just praise the Lord for him coming and bringing her and driving her, because Jessica, a year ago, she was totally weeping and crying and, and devastated because she had two little kids. But she came and she has totally changed. And any of you that have known her, have seen her, have seen it. And I've seen it with more than just Jessica. I'm seeing it when I see you at the table over there. And then I see the Lord starting to touch your hearts and making you 
a woman of God, a man of God, and having faith and hope and trust, and you're joining God's army, and you're not, not uh, cowering down, but you're taking your weapons, and you're using them. And we just want you to know that that is awesome, and I want to applaud all of you for your discipline and your growth here, and we want you to know. But with your weapons, what does that mean? If you're in an army, what does that mean? That means there is a similar person. I can only, to, to make it to the world's way, ISIS. But Satan is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he has come to steal, kill, and destroy you, your family, and your spouse, and your marriage. Number one, he wants to destroy your marriage because God created the institution of marriage. So you know what? We need to stand up and fight for the marriage more than ever before. We need to say, we're not going to give up. We're not going to give in. And there's a, a lot of different, uh, it's on our website, the, the standards affirmation. But I want you to understand that some of you will say, I, I don't think I can do this. In my opinion, there's no option. Is that right? Have you got that yet? There is no option. You have to be, you're married for life. Just, you know, remember what the pastor said at the altar. And so remember what you said. It's a commitment for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, and sickness and health until death do us part. So welcome. We're going to win because God's on our side. Do not give up. Do not. The giving up, you're going to get something that is not God's best. And when you don't have God's best, then you're going to not be happy. And then you're going to have another crisis. Except there's going to be another one. So I want you to listen and understand that the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But he's also got a, a reputation. And the reputation is he's the father of all lies. The father, he's the father of all lies. He deceived your spouse. He lied to them that something was better. He lied to them that, do you know how many lies it takes to be unfaithful or do something wrong? Do you know how many lies it takes to steal, to kill, to destroy something? Imagine, and you know what? Even the best of criminals, guess what? They get caught. Do you know what? You can even, you spend all the, have the wisdom and knowledge to get in prison by, and, and think they're going to get out of prison, and they still do not win. Do you understand that? The Lord's, God's ways are the only way. And we've got to understand that the enemy is, is the defeated. He is, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He paid the price. So we've got to say, Lord, I'm on the right side. But we have got to, we've got to notify our head and our heart and our mouth that we're winning and that we're on the winning side. Because we can be deceived. We can be deceived. Now, we already said your spouse has been deceived, or your children can be tempted and deceived. So please, 
Do not just think it's just about me and my marriage. It's all about much more than that in your life. It's your legacy, your generations to come. It's your people that you are going to have contact with. We need to understand that we are a lighthouse. And either we can be a dim light or we can be a bright light. We can be a good representation of the Lord Jesus Christ and being a disciple, or we can have our mouth talking and saying things and gossiping, cussing and everything else, all in the name of Jesus. And you know some people like that. So I am saying, let us, let us make sure we're ready to rebuild our marriage. And if we're not, then say, Lord, change me first. Lord, change me first. Start here. Start now. Tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what you want me to do in rebuilding our house. Now, I'm just going to ask three or four people to say, what is one lie that the enemy might have deceived you on? Okay. Speak real loud so I can hear you. What if this man is not for me? That is an awesome example. What if I married the wrong spouse? <laughs> Guess what? For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, you had counseling before. There might have been a million different reasons, but you just found after five years, 20 years, or 30 years, you married the wrong one. No, you didn't. The enemy is telling you that, but God, God once he puts you together, he makes you into one flesh, and he glues you together. And God it makes it good. God turns it around to good. He may, you may all have differences, but you know what? We are to be different so we can make this t together, you know? So that's the, the neat part about it. Um, and you know what? That's the devil's lie. Do you know that? Do you know that? You're not knowing that. You're not shaking your head. Okay. Okay, but that's good. That you, we will pray for you in the afterwards. You come and see me, and we'll pray for you. Because the, how many of us have wondered if we married the wrong person after we have marriage problems? Look around you. Look around you. That is a devil's lie. Do you not see that you are not the only one? Thank you all for being honest. But you know what? That's a trick from the enemy. That's deception. And you know what? That is the devil's lie. Okay, I'll take a number two. Um, is, it, is the marriage worth saving? How do you know it was ordained by God? Okay, what's, well, then it's similar to what you just said. So, you know what? It's worth saving. It's worth saving because God says, I hate divorce. So, you know, he's, he's saying it. Oh, yes, he's never going to change. Oh, my word. That's, oh, that's a good one. Oh, oh, yeah, that was yours. You know what? Oh, good. Guess what? Is God in the reconstruct? Can God t touch? Did, let me use an example. I hate to use this example, but it's so good I have to. Saul was spoken to by Jesus, and he was killing the Christians. Do you believe any Christian, anybody, prior to the Lord speaking to Saul, would believe that Saul would ever change? Would you believe it? Tell me what your answer is. No. Of course not. 
You were getting shot, killed, or whatever, hung, or strangled, or burned, that's true. Heads cut off is the new thing nowadays. So let me tell you that that needs to tell us that no one is impossible to change. I thought that. That was me. Because Bob had done this and said he's sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Good. If you're sorry, change. Okay, is that not right? If you're sorry, we change. But don't laugh because we haven't changed either. So, uh, you know, have we zipped our lips? No. You know, so we better start with us first. You know, but I'm saying to you, what are we saying? We're saying we don't believe in the power of God. We do not believe that Jesus Christ said, I came to die for and seek and save for all the lost. Your spouse is lost. Lost. Gone. Blinded. Deceived. But he came to seek and save all the lost. Okay, that was awesome. You did great. I got so much more to do. But now we covered that. We covered a lot. We just got all the, anybody that's, not, that's got a spouse that's here, not here, that there is nothing, nothing too hard for God to change or transform in their heart and life. You got it? Nothing. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to know that the Lord says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Satan says, and, and Jesus said, I am the, that Satan is the father of all lies. So we have got to understand that there's the truth and there's the liar. So we've got to understand this is a spiritual battle and we need to fight the fight and we not need not to give up. Giving up is not giving up on our spouse. It's giving up on God. I don't want to die and stand before God after I give up on God. Would you? What would he do? What would he say? So, the, the question I'm asking is, and let me just read. We need to pray for the Lord every day faithfully. I know that the devil's lie is going to be, you're too busy. You're too tired, and you, you, you've waited. You've, all of a sudden, you were going to do it in the morning, and something happened. Then you were going to do it at noontime, and something happened. And then you were going to do it right after dinner or bedtime, and something happened. You laid in that bed, and you realized you never read the Bible, and you never prayed. How many does that happen to people? Okay, that's a good devil's lie, because he's doing it faithfully. I am telling you, that is one of the biggest tricks and schemes from the devil, and you have got to learn how to fight it. I don't know if you're going to put a timer on, or I don't know if you're going to turn off the TV or turn off that computer, or stop twittering or tweeting. Oh, I'm, sweating. I'm twittering. I'm sorry I said that's tweeting. I, I remembered it, so, but I, that's just, you ought to change the name, don't you think? That made sense, didn't it? But I'm learning. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted you to have a little laugh on me. Uh, so I tell you. But we often put everything before the Lord. Do we not? And it's a lot of it's fun stuff. And we should have been putting him first. So I'm going to tell you right now, that is number one lie from the enemy and, and trick and scheme. 
Because there's nothing greater that the enemy can do is deceive you or blind you to, to blocking you to pray. Prayer is a necessity. And number two necessity is read the word because I divorced my spouse due to my lack of knowledge. And I want you to know that, that there, your spouse did not know the word or did not pray or was deceived by not knowing something or not sensitive or walked. When you stop reading the word, you stop praying, you start becoming more lukewarm. And all of a sudden, you've got the enemy coming in and yanking you to tempt you. And all of a sudden, you've destroyed your life. So we've got to remember that in 1 Corinthians, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you need to ask for God's divine wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, and his insight. There is nothing greater you can ask for, because for, you need wisdom. So ask for his wisdom, to give him your divine, his wisdom to you, his knowledge, his understanding, and insight. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, our holiness, and redemption. That's what we need to be. We need to radiate the Lord into, into righteousness, Christ-likeness, living a Christ-like life, into holiness living, and then redemption, that we know that we know we're saved and we're, we know and we can share the salvation to others. We can pray for the salvation for others. So we know that is what I'm, I'm encouraging you on because I want you to know it's because of him, because of Christ Jesus, that you can become like that. You can have all of this. <clears throat> we need to uh, understand John 15. Well, let, let's turn to Ephesians 3. I must get this scripture in. Let's go to Ephesians 3. I'm going to take you there because I want you to highlight it or put a star by it. But I want to pray that I'll have his glorious riches in verse 16. Ephesians 3.16, that out of his glorious riches. Now, this is a scripture that I say you can put your spouse's name, your name, your family's name, many people's name in it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I still hear you flipping. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. And do you need to be strengthened? Yes, we do. Strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And that is my prayer for you tonight. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will do, you'll know the Lord and the, ask the Lord to come into your heart and life. When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life, you're saying, Lord, come in. I want to surrender my heart, my life, and my marriage. I surrender it all to you. That is my heart's desire. And so that through faith, and I pray that we'll be rooted and established in love and may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ. To know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure and the fullness of God. Now, verse 20 is my key verse for tonight. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. 
Do you believe God is able? We ask questions. We've got the responses. Now you have to make a choice, and that is our problem. You have a choice in your mind. You have a battle for the mind between darkness and light. You have between Satan and God every day. And you have your thoughts. But your thoughts cannot be Christ-like, and you're thinking, where did that come from? And you know that's from the devil. The devil was tempting you and just visiting, flashing by, but you can tell him to leave. In Romans 12, 2, it says, renew my mind. Renew my mind, Father. So what we want to do is we want to say that God is able to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask for. You know, we could do a whole teaching on that one verse. Then all you, he can do more. And he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. There's a condition. Is the Lord working in you? If the Lord's not working in you, he's not going to do immeasurably more than you can imagine. But are we praying for God to move some mountains? That's my question. My question is, sometimes we're not praying exactly what we need to pray. We're, we, we ask, what does it say? You ask not because, and we receive not because we haven't asked. Matthew 7 says, ask, seek, and keep knocking. Does it not? So are you keep, are you keep asking? Well, I ask once. You know, thank you, Lord, I asked once. Well, I do not believe in that because I believe it keeps saying, keep asking. Remember Luke 18, that woman, widow woman who wanted justice, and we talked about that. That's on another recording that a few weeks ago, a few months ago. Keep asking and keep asking God for justice. Now, I want you to rebuild your home and... The way we're going to do it is we're going to imagine that we're living in the Midwest and we had a tornado because they are the ones that seem to demolish a home really fast. Unless you lived in Homestead about 20 years ago and any of you lived here then, that was like a tornado. It's like a hurricane that just smashed all of the homes. But we need to turn to Nehemiah. And I want to study Nehemiah tonight. Now, I don't want you to worry about it. We've got plenty of time because there's only six chapters we have to study. <laughs> okay, I want to make sure you're all, I had all your attention. I got it. Okay, I, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> you. I just wanted to make sure you were awake and participating with me. But Nehemiah is a great man of God. And he, I don't know if you've ever read the book, but it's a book that you might read the first seven, six, seven chapters. Awesome. I, I would challenge you to read the first seven chapters of Nehemiah, maybe this week or next week. But it's, what it was is the Jewish exiles were permitted to return to their homeland. And Ezra, the book before um, Nehemiah, and both of them, it, one was Ezra was um, rebuilding the temple, 
and, and then Nehemiah was chosen by God to rebuild the Jerusalem wall. And when he heard, and just I want you to use this as an example, as, uh, as, as correlation about how your marriage was destroyed. The Jerusalem wall was destroyed. And we're going to read about it right now. But I want you to imagine your, your, your marriage has been destroyed. And imagine it as a building, okay? So let's go to Nehemiah 1. And it says that it, his brother came and told them that there was a remnant that people survived the exile. And they told him about Jerusalem. And he said, are, they're back in the province and are in great trouble Verse 3, and the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, its gates have been burned with fire. And when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept for some days. And I want to tell you, those some days equaled four months. So my, my goal is, is to teach you to pray, but not run away for praying the, for issues and problems, but press in, press in, keep praying more and more in different ways and fasting and, and using your weapons. Because sometimes we pray and say, Lord, put the right words in my mouth. And as I pick up the phone and call your husband or wife and you chew them up and spit them out and uh, that's the end of the phone call. And they can remember that for how many more days afterwards. In fact, they probably remember that for about two years later because they uh, do not have a forgiving heart. But you are to, if you talk to somebody or your wife or husband and they were very nasty or wanted their money or wanted you to take the children or whatever and you said it doesn't fit in my schedule, you are, regardless, you're going to hang up and say, thank you, Lord, they called me and Lord, I pray you will soften their heart and I pray that I said the right words and maybe I should have told her I'll pray about it or maybe I should have told him it, that it's okay, he's late just a little bit on child support because I used to get those phone calls. And, and then Bob would pay it. And so, you know, I've, you really have, we have to say, Lord, when you see, especially now that we got cell phones, I don't have one right here, but, you know, you can see who's calling. Uh, I did not know how that grace back uh, a few years ago because you just saw on your phone, you had nothing. You had nothing to tell you who was calling. So when you picked up the phone, you heard my story last month that Bob was on the phone with the other woman. And so we're not going to play that song. But I'm telling you, you need to pray more. Will you pray more? I, I think there none of us, and I'm holding both my hands up, could we all improve our prayer life? Could you all agree? Okay. So let's, let that be one of our challenges this month. Let's all of us say we need to improve our prayer life. Because I want to read this, this prayer. Because when Nehemiah sat down, he wept. And for some days he mourned, and then he fasted, and then he prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, O Lord God of heaven, now watch these words. Because you can take some of these words and we can pray them for all the marriages. We can pray for all the hurting marriages. We can pray for all of us. Oh, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands. 
we must be obedient. We need to pray for our spouses to be obedient. We need to pray for our churches to be obedient, all of the disciples, all of the believers, to be obedient to God's word. And it says, verse 6, let your ear, let God's ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants. The people of Israel, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We've acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now, I want to stop here right now because there are some of you and some of you listening that have had this exact scripture leap off the page and said, my, if you return to me and, and you're returning to God and you're repenting and you want to obey commands, and, and I have had this scripture sent to us so many times in the last 25 years because your exiled person, put your spouse's name in there, are at the farthest horizon. They're, they could be in a different country. And be sure to pray for Ian, who's in India. We need to pray for him. He's a pilot, and he wrote us just a few days ago, and he is really in a bad area. You need to pray for him, I-A-N, and his wife. We'll pray for his wife to get restored, but pray for Ian for his protection over there. I know he would appreciate that. And he was just joined us, and then he got a job and had to go there to get, provide for his family. It says, they're the farthest horizon. I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I've chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you've redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. O oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this servant, this your servant. Boy, that is a scripture I want to pray. Lord, let your ear be attentive to my prayers that I'm praying to the prayers of your servants who delight in revering your name. Isn't that a neat verse in, in that? Give your servant success. Give our standards success today, Lord, by granting all of our standards favor in the presence of this man. Give, this is Nehemiah saying, give your servant success today by granting him favor when he was going to talk to uh, the king Asteritus. Um, I, I'm just going to say king. Um, but I want you to know he was the cupbearer, and he was going, after four months, he was going to go and, and talk to him, and he'd been praying about it diligently. And he said, he um, took, in the second chapter, he took the wine and gave it to the king, and, and he had not been sad in his presence before. And the king says, why are you so sad? You, you, look, you look like you're sick. And he said, this can be nothing but sadness of the heart. Now, I know some of you have come in here in past years or months 
with sadness of a broken heart. Is that not true? We've all been there. And but, but God can touch your heart. It says, I will heal the brokenhearted. I will heal the crushed heart. And that is Isaiah 61. I will set the captive free. But we want to know that we can understand how Nehemiah was wounded and hurting and, and burdened about all of his people in Israel and the Jerusalem wall. And he says, I'm very much afraid, but I said to the king, and that was his faith. He stepped out in faith. After he prayed for four months, he spoke to the king and said, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then, before he'd said anything else, then I prayed to the God of heaven and answered the king. Isn't that neat? It says it right there. Before you speak, before you say something when your spouse is sitting at the, across the table or you're having dinner or you're ch exchanging the children or you're giving them a check or whatever the situation is, pray for favor. Pray for their hearts and lives to be touched. Pray that God will give you blessings. He prayed for the king to, to receive what his thoughts and ideas were already going to be. He had been praying for four months of what he wanted to do to help his, his, uh, to rebuild the Jerusalem wall. So he says, if it pleases the king, your servant has found favor in his sight. Let him send me to the city in Judah and wh where my fathers are buried so that I can rebuild it. My question to you tonight, are you willing to start praying diligently fasting and praying for your marriage to be rebuilt. Amen. So, what do you need when you are going to rebuild your marriage on the foundation of Jesus Christ? Well, the king and the queen said, oh, how long? And then he says, if it pleases the king, he says, I want, I need letters and I need to go through here and there and I have a letter, uh, I need money and I need um, favor to go all these different places, and I'm not going to read it. Thank you. You appreciate me. Uh, I'm not going to read this, this story that is so... I have been reading it and listening it, to it for over a week, over and over and over again, because I wanted you to have me not read it to you. But have me say to you that all the gates of Jerusalem were burned and destroyed. And they had, and they, it explains how many gates there are. And he wanted to get all of it rebuilt. So he said, the trouble is, it's like, everything's in ruins. It, it's, it's in ruins. I would say that describes us. That described my marriage. I was, my marriage was in a ruin. It was disgrace. So he said, so what I want you to know is that you're going to need something. You're going to need to rebuild your marriage. And you need to start at the bottom. And you need to rebuild the walls. And you need to rebuild the gates. And you need construction. And you need to start saying, Lord, how am I going to rebuild my marriage? 
And I want you to read Nehemiah because he did it very, very well. Because he had, let me tell you, there is, we talked about Satan for a reason tonight. And the reason we talked about it, because when you go into chapter 3, there is a person that heard that Nehemiah was coming over and going to start rebuilding. In fact, he even went over there and verse 13 in chapter 2, it says, let us start be rebuilding and they began to begin this good work. Verse 19, it says, and I'll give you the hint of who the enemy is. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. And he says, what is this you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? He says, I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We are his servants. We'll start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. So he went over, and one night, Nehemiah went over by himself with his horse and couldn't even get into all the areas and examined it all before he went and talked to the people and said what, what in his heart he had been praying and praying what he was going to tell the people. He wanted to get them to, as a team, as an army, to rebuild this Jerusalem wall with the walls and the gates and everything. But they were, it was so burned, it was in such destruction, and, and Sam Ballot says, we're not going to let him do it. And he became the enemy. And he was the enemy. And he kept trying to trick Nehemiah, which is what you're going to read about this week when you do it, because he kept hearing that they were rebuilding the wall. And all the people agreed to let's rebuild the Jerusalem wall. And Nehemiah was so smart because God told him how to do it. He built them by families. So your family and your family and your family, you're going to start rebuilding the walls at your section of the gate. And they all started doing it. Even the Levites, even the priest build, rebuilt the wall. And he had everybody involved, and they got it about halfway. And then, all of a sudden, when he gets it halfway, Sam Ballot says, whoa, this is bad. They're really going to succeed in this. So he started telling lies and tried to trick Nehemiah to come up and see him and talk to him about this. And that is when the problem comes, because this is where that it says, um, he, he says he wanted to rebuild. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. But when Sabalot saw it, and this is chapter 4, we've jumped and they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem, stir up trouble. But, verse 9 in chapter 4, it says, But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Do you understand what was the key words? He prayed. He prayed. He kept seeking God. And God kept speaking to him. And the meanwhile, the strength of the laborers was giving out, and they were getting, we can't rebuild this wall. They got weary, tired. I can't do it. What does that sound like? Remember, we're rebuilding our marriages. And what, what happens? We get the email. 
I can't do it. I'm too tired. I'm too weary. This is too hard. And I, I, it's too long. It's taking too long. All of these things, just like just comparison. And he said, it's, we, he says, no, he says, the enemy knows and sees us and we'll be right there among them. We've, we've got to put an end, the enemy kept saying, we've got to put an end to their work. But there were, but God, if you want to see, it says that, but God, in verse 12, there were Jewish men and women who lived near the enemy and they told them 10 times over what they were saying they were going to do. God exposed the enemy. And so he said, I want you to station all your men. I want you to post them. And verse 13 is the key. It says, I want you to expose, go to every low exposed place and post them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. <laughs> Do you want to fight me now? Are you going to fight me? Because here's my sword and my spirit. Here's the word of God. You can do anything because you have got this weapon to while you are going to take construction. They said with one hand, they used their bows, their swords, their spirits, their, their swords, and their other equipment. And then they used one hand to build with concrete. They didn't use concrete then. They built the wall. And I'm saying to you, you must, you must use both. You have to pray. You have to use a sword and use the weapons that I talked about tonight. You cannot use your weapons and build your marriage. You have to use your weapons. Does that make sense? Do you see how important it is? I want you to understand that they, they worked morning, noon, and night, and they said, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. If you, Nehemiah 4 verse 14 after i looked things over i stood up and said to the nobles the officials and the rest of the people don't be afraid do not be afraid how many of us are afraid of our circumstances how many of us have allowed satan to come in and put fear upon us fear is a big enemy and we have got to understand that we have got to use the sword of the Spirit. We have got to use it. We have to use our weapons. And we have got to say, I'm not going to let the enemy de destroy me. And we have got to say, Satan, get away from me in the name of Jesus. I have, a, I have love, power, and a sound mind in 1 Timothy chapter 4. But it says, when our enemies heard that we are aware of their plot, and that God had frustrated it, God exposed it. We all returned to the wall, each to his own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. And do you remember 
and I pray you all do, because you're putting it on yourself every day. But remember the lift up the shield of faith. Lift up that shield. You need to use your shield, because if you have the sword, you have the shield. So they were ready. They, were, they had decided no matter what, they were going to fight the enemy. They were not going to run. They were not going to give in. They were going to rebuild the Jerusalem wall, and then after they built the Jerusalem wall, they put watchmen on the towers to stay and watch it, and they closed the gates. And, the, and Nehemiah said, don't you open those gates unless it's in the, when the sun comes up, when it's hot, and then close them. And he, and the officers posted themselves with, behind all the people of Judah who were rebuilding the wall and then carried the materials, did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet, the man who sounded the trumpet, so anybody could hear it, was to, to tell them to be ready to fight the fight. But they didn't. So when it came to the word, came to Sambala that, the, that they had rebuilt the wall, they rebuilt the wall in a miraculous time in 52 days. And the completion of the wall. So the wall was completed on the 25th day of Yule in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard about it, this is Nehemiah 6, verse 15. When they, all the enemies heard about it, they got afraid and lost their self-confidence, and they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. I want you to know, my, Bob and our marriage was restored, not because of what I did, because I divorced Bob. I gave up on him because I listened to pastors and counselors and friends and everybody in the church, and they all gave up on him. I want you to understand, God touched me. God spoke to me in church in another service just a few months later. And he is saying to you, do not give up and run away and run in fear of the enemies of this world. But you need to stand up and fight the enemies with the weapons that I've given you. God's given you weapons. And we need to stand up and fight, and we're, not, we're going to rebuild our marriage on the foundation. It's going to start at the bottom. Start at the very bottom. Rebuild it. They're going to pour cement, and it's going to be solid. But it's going to be solid on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We need to understand, just like Nehemiah uses this illustration, that it can be done sooner than you can even imagine if we will pray. We need to fight the fight. Will we fast? Will we use the name of Jesus? Will we use the blood? Will we cover our family with the blood? Will we use the wall of fire around us? We have the weapons, but we keep skipping days or weeks or months because the enemy is shooting at us. See, we think the enemy is after our spouse. No, he's after us. He's after us because we, are, we have joined God's army. And so he wants us to give up. So why, why do we get the heat 
turned up because the enemy does not want what you're doing. But the ones that are here, look what God has done. You can all bring in one more person next month, and we could have this overflowing. We could bring that person, bring another person, and we could end up removing the tables. I know that would be a sacrifice. But remove the tables and end up having a revival of marriages. And we have restoration of marriages sooner than later. Sooner. We don't have to wait as long as we did because we know how to fight the fight because we're teaching it right here now. So I don't, I don't want you to get defeated. I want you to be a Nehemiah. And I want you to rebuild your marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. But I don't want you to give in to the lies and the tricks and the schemes of the devil. And Sam Bellet tried over and over to have him come up and do this, do that. Nehemiah never took his eyes off of his focus, off of rebuilding the wall, and he did it properly. So, Lord, I want to praise you and thank you, Lord, for this story and this powerful man of God who was steadfast, focused, and, Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory that Nehemiah was obedient, and he obeyed you, and he prayed, and he sought your face, and sought and wanted to hear your plan, your purpose, the instructions of what we need to do. And, Lord, you will speak to us the same way, just as you spoke to Noah how to, re to build an ark, just as you called Noah, Jonah, when they disobeyed, when you told him what to do, and he said, no, you said, okay, you get to go on a boat. And, Lord, you can, he can go on a boat, but you got his attention. And, Lord, I don't want us to be a Jonah. I want us to be an, a Noah, a Nehemiah, whatever we need to do to be more like you and to fight the fight and not just pray for our marriage, but to pray for all marriages, for all the marriages that are together. Pray them to be strengthened that the enemy will not come in. Pray for their salvations and pray for them to go to church. We need to pray for the marriages that are hanging by a thread that they will have become a stander and start praying and believer and start praying and fighting for the marriage. We need to pray for the ones that are separated and, and that they will get the hope that they will fight for the marriage. Lord, we need to have an army that is huge around the world where, where we will all hold hands and pray together. We would touch around in a circle. Father God, we're asking for miracles of a revival for stopping out divorce, stomping out that we, if you hate divorce, we hate it. We hate it is what it's doing to our children. We have children that have never grown up with their father and mother together because they got birth at, at a young age and do not remember them together. Lord, we are asking you to rescue our children, heal their wounded hearts, and we're asking you to touch these men and women's hearts and their lives and may they be transformed and may they go and touch other people and tell them that when you see that somebody has marriage problems, go to them privately and start praying for them. Maybe start praying for them before you ever go to them. And then when at the proper time you are able to give them a card about our ministry or a website or anything, listen to what the Lord's instructions are. But we need to be a lighthouse to other people. 
Woe be to us if we have a, the, the answer in the word and we aren't explaining it to other people who have marriage problems. Lord, I know that I know that these men and women have sacrificed tonight. And I know they're mighty men and women of God, but I also know that they can be tricked and deceived and blinded by the enemy. And we're asking all of them to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, help me get back where I was. Help me to be where I need to be. Lord, I don't want to be uh, deceived and blinded by Sam Ballad. I don't want to be tricked by Sam Ballad. I don't want to be tricked by Satan. I want to be more like you, and I want to stand and fight for not only my marriage, but for other people's marriages. And Lord, use me, guide me, and direct me. And we'll just give you the praise, we'll give you the glory and honor for hundreds and thousands of marriages are going to be restored for God to get the glory, not us, for God to get the glory. And we can say that there's a decrease in divorces and marriages, and especially in churches. Lord, we want to, our churches to be cleansed and holy and ready for your return. And we need to get divorce out of the church and need to have marriage restoration in the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. To God be the glory. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.